0: As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see. Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner, and we've been waiting for you, and the we is me. And Sister Renner, and Denise, you're wearing something so pretty tonight.
1: Thank you, really. Even
0: Paul said she is so pretty.
1: Thanks.
0: You're the pretty one, but that is really a pretty garment you've got on tonight.
1: Well, oh, thank you very much.
0: And we also have
1: Mr. Paul Renner. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Home Group. I'm glad that we can be together tonight. Please be with us to the end. I'm sure that you will have fun. We have fun every time we get together. And I kind of have this expectation that the fun we have somehow jumps across the screen and you start having fun too. I think people do. Yes. And if you can, watch
0: it together or join together. You know, we really try to to do this like it's a home group. I mean, this is really our home group with you. And we love it that you let us come right into your space. You know, Jesus said if two or three of you are gathered together, there I am. Mm -hmm. Where did he ever say you have to be in the same room? He just said you have to be together. So here we are. We're all together. And Jesus is a part of our home group, too. Hey, Joel, welcome tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to you all as well. And I just want to say in our home group, I think we go pretty deep. I don't know many home groups that study what an apostle is or other things that we study. And I think it's fun to go deep into these, these important subjects. And I've learned some things in our home group, I have to tell you that the word apostle means passport, it means ambassador. He means admiral, and we're going to learn something else tonight, I'm sure. But I think that these things are very interesting to learn. And as we've learned, meanings of words have consequence. They're very important, and you shouldn't dilute meanings of words. And I think that the word apostle is very important. I appreciate that, Mr. Runner. Denise?
1: I want to welcome you home, group. We are just so glad that you're with us. You know, we say that a lot, but it's really an honor that you would take your time out of your day to be with us. Thank you so much.
0: And Denise and I want you to know that if you need prayer, we really mean it when we tell you that we are here for you. We pray for you every morning, every night. We're taking your emails, your phone calls, putting our faith together with you. Jeremiah 33, three says, call unto me and I'll show you great and mighty things. We believe that. Yes. And if you need somebody to pray with you, contact us, send us your email or call us, and we will call out to God with you in faith. And God will move and will show all of us great and mighty things. So let us know how to pray for you. But tonight, we're going to continue looking at what it means to be an apostle. And we're specifically going to see how many apostles are named in the New Testament. But let's go back to our anchor verse, which is Ephesians 4, verse 11. Ephesians
1: 4, verse 11 says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. And I've been thinking about verse 12 for a while. He says, for the perfecting of the saints. And for myself, I've I've kind of added a, a little extra meeting, not for the entertaining of the saints. Oh, I
0: appreciate that, Paul.
1: But for the perfecting of the saints, because there's quite a difference between trying to entertain and to perfect. Now, if you're talking about your family, you, it's good if a father is entertaining. There's nothing wrong with the father being entertaining. But is the role of the parents to help their children become adults? And when we talk about the word perfecting, most often in the New Testament, it's the word to become mature. So we're here, we are given to help the body of Christ be perfected, not to be entertained. And sometimes there could be some confusion on that subject. But I also like how it says, given, and he gave some. Some translations say appointed some. Uh, Appointed is not right. It's not right, yes. He gave. He gave. They are gifts given to the church. Gave. Who gave? Christ. So, uh, just like you know, we talked about passports in the other... I kind of stole the program. I'm sorry. That's okay. We like it. But I'm kind of excited about this subject. He gave. Now, your passport, we all showed our passports. I didn't show my passport last program. I forgot it in my car. Uh, passport is something that is given to you. It it's is. something that you must apply for. Mm -hmm. And it is something that can be revoked. And actually, a passport never really belongs to you. No. It belongs to the government that gave it to you. Yes. And your right to travel can be revoked. So I'm I'm getting into something that we're not really meant to get into. But the the, the point is, the admiral is given. He is... You need an admiral to go out and build civilization or replicate culture where it needs to be replicated. You need a passport, and it must be given to you. You need revelation, and revelation, by definition, must be given to you. Mm -hmm. So this whole idea of an apostle, it's not a self-appointed thing. Oh, it is not. And you want to be connected to someone who has been given... The gift of apostleship. to To the church, to be an apostle. That's excellent, Paul. Can I say something? Sure. In my translation, it's the New King James Version. It says, for the equipping of the saints. And I really like that, Rick, because we need to be equipped. We need to be ready to do something. We need to be uh, given tools that we can do it. And I really like that word equipped.
0: Well, let's go back to the word apostle for a moment because it's really what we're talking about. The word apostle, the Greek word apostolos. I hope you guys are getting it by now because you should be getting it by now. It's a compound of two Greek words. Does it seem like every Greek word is a compound of something? Yes. The word apo, which means away, it describes something separate. It carries the idea of distinction. The word stello, which means I send so most people who don't know how to study deeper say that the word apostle means a sent one. Well, it kind of does, but that really misses the point. First of all, the word stello, translated send, is from the word stolas, which is the word for a military expedition. So it tells us, that's why we have a globe on the set tonight, that an apostle is someone sent to frontline territory on a military expedition somebody really brave because an apostle's gonna go where others do not go. And we've seen he's an admiral. He leads a whole fleet of people with him. They go to virgin territory somewhere else, crush the enemy. They begin to blaze new territory to pave the kingdom of God and to build it in that place. We saw that the word apostolos is also the word for a passport like Paul was mentioning, enables you to go places It was also the word for an ambassador, somebody who spoke with clout and authority on behalf of his sender. And it was also the word to describe one who had received gifts from the gods. So an apostle is somebody that is gifted with power and gifts and revelation. All of that is in this word, apostle. And that's why we need to be careful how we use this word. If you freely use this word to describe everybody, it does not describe everybody. It just does not. He describes unique individuals and we need to understand that it's a special individual in the church. Amen? Amen. But how many people in the New Testament are called apostles? And Denise gave it away last night. The first apostle is
1: Jesus.
0: Jesus, And we read that in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. Listen to what the writer of Hebrews says. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling... Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Apostle, apostles. Well, look at it. Jesus was God's admiral. Say amen. amen. He went into new territory where the kingdom of God didn't exist. And with the help of a specialized apostolic crew, which were his disciples, he brought heaven to earth and colonized the earth with the kingdom of God. Jesus was God's passport that brought the disciples and us into new deep spiritual dimensions we could have never gotten to by ourselves. Jesus was God's ambassador. He spoke with the clout and the power of the anointing on behalf of the Father. Jesus was God's spiritual leader, unprecedented supernatural insights which he gave to the church for the upbuilding of the church. In every way, Jesus was an apostle, an apostle. He was the first apostle, but he chose 12 disciples. Now let's stop just a minute with the word disciples. The word disciples in Greek is the word methetes, do you know what it really means? What does the word disciple mean to you? Well, it means one who follows, one who's learning. One who's learning, okay, it has the word discipline in it, mm-hmm. disciple. The word methotes really is the word learners. A better translation would be Jesus chose 12 learners. Isn't that something? They were not hearers, they were learners. And in the New Testament world, rabbis gathered around them groups of learners. And they were obligated to explicitly obey their master, their rabbi. Whatever he said to do, they were to lay down their life and they were to do it. Jesus chose these men to be learners, professional learners, but they became apostles, and they're what I call foundational apostles because they were the first. And they are listed in Matthew chapter 10, verses 2 to 4. Let's turn there. Matthew chapter 10, verses 2 to 4 says, now the names of the 12 apostles are these, the first. Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew, the publican, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Lebeus, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon, the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. These are the 12 foundational apostles that Jesus selected to lay the foundation of the universal church. There have never been any others that will ever fit into these categories. They are unique. They are by themselves, in a category by themselves, and that is why I call them foundational apostles. These were also the men who laid the non-negotiable doctrines of the Christian faith into place. These were the only ones who wrote Scripture with the exception of Paul, Jude, and James. And Jude and James were brothers of Jesus. Isn't that interesting that... Mm -hmm. Two more members of Jesus' family are named as apostles in the New Testament. But after this, no one else has ever written Scripture. People have revelation about Scripture. People have insights to Scripture, but no one is writing more Scripture today, not even anyone who claims to be an apostle. Now, apostle may have new insights, fresh insights. That's marvelous. Praise God, we need all the insights we can get. But apostles don't write new Scripture the first apostles wrote the non negotiable foundational truths of the New Testament, and those never change. Now, I have written a book called How to Keep Your Head On Straight in a World Gone Crazy, and there's a chapter, it begins on page 95, called Earnestly Contending for the Faith. And this chapter deals with the fact that people, especially in the end of the age, will try to modify Scripture and depart from the faith. But, my friends, we are to never depart from the non-negotiable doctrines that were laid by the foundational apostles in the New Testament period. Somebody say amen. 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 Now, let's continue. When Judas Iscariot committed suicide, they had to find somebody to replace him. And Peter gave criteria, which is listed in Acts chapter 1, that someone had to fulfill in order to replace Judas Iscariot. And Peter tells us, In Acts chapter 1, verses 15 to 26, you could only be one of the first 12 apostles if you had gone in and out during the ministry of Jesus and had actually been exposed to the ministry of Jesus and to the resurrection of Jesus. So Matthias was chosen because Matthias had been around long enough that he had been in the ministry of Jesus, experienced the ministry of Jesus, he had seen the resurrection of Jesus, and he was chosen to be an apostle, and he became one of the 12 foundational apostles. But in addition to those 12, there are another 12 people in the New Testament that are called apostles, another 12. Isn't that amazing? They're not the first 12. They're not the foundational 12, but there is another 12 people that are specifically called apostles, and here they are. You guys ready? Mm Paul. Paul. Paul was not one of the first 12, but in Romans 1.1, 1 1 Corinthians 1.1, 2 Corinthians 1.1, Galatians 1.1, Ephesians 1.1, Colossians 1.1, Paul over and over and over identifies himself as? The Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul. And Peter recognizes his writings as scriptures. That's right. Then there's another apostle. Apollos is called an apostle. He's called an apostle in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 6 through 13. Then when you come to Philippians 2, 25, hmm, the King James Version describes Epaphroditus as a messenger, but the Greek word is apostolos. It clearly says Epaphroditus was an apostle. He was an apostle. When you come to James 1, verse 19, James, the brother of Jesus, is identified as? an apostle. When you come to Acts 13, 50, Acts 14, 14, 1 Corinthians 9, verse 5 and 6, Barnabas is identified as an apostle. We know he is because he was dispatched into apostolic ministry the same moment the apostle Paul was in Acts chapter 13. Then when you come to Romans 16, verse 7, now this is really fascinating to me. The apostle Paul describes a man and a woman and says they are his relatives. And they are of note among the apostles. The man's name was Andronicus. His wife's name was Junia. And according to the apostle Paul, they were apostles. Which means there really was an apostolic calling on Paul's family. There were three people in his family called into apostolic ministry. Isn't that amazing? Then when you come to 2 Corinthians 8.23, Titus in the King James Version is called a messenger. It's a bad translation. In Greek it is the word apostolos. Titus was an apostle of the church. Then when you come to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 18 and 23, and verses 22 and 23, there are two more people called apostles, but we don't know their names. Their names are not mentioned, but they are definitely called apostles. Then when you come to 1 Thessalonians 1.1 1, 1 and 1 Thessalonians 2.6, Timothy is called an apostle. Then when you come to 1 Thessalonians 1.1 1, 1 and 1 Thessalonians 2.6, Silas is called an apostle. So in addition to the first 12 which are listed in Matthew chapter 10, Paul was an apostle, Apollos was an apostle, Epaphroditus undoubtedly was an apostle. James was an apostle. Barnabas was an apostle. Andronicus was an apostle. Junia, a woman, fulfilled an apostolic ministry. Titus was an apostle. Timothy was an apostle. Silas was an apostle. And two more are named whose names we do not know. 12 additional apostles. Then you find others that some people call apostles. I don't believe they are, But I understand their reasoning. For example, the Bible talks about the 70 that Jesus sent out to minister. Well, it's the Greek word apostolos, apostolo actually. So some people really broaden this to say even the 70 that Jesus sent out were apostles. Well, he sent them apostolically to do apostolic work. That did not make them apostles. And Paul, you had a comment about this earlier when we were talking. There
1: are a lot of people in pastoral ministry, but not everyone in pastoral ministry is a pastor. So just like someone can prophesy, that doesn't mean that they are a prophet. That Someone can be sent out, can be a missionary for a time, it doesn't mean that they are a missionary, a lifetime or an missionary, apostle, or an apostle. So there's a difference between having that as a lifetime calling and helping someone out or being a part of a team. I think there's, there's, a def, there's a definitely a difference there.
0: Well, there were so many people called apostles in the first century that it actually led to a problem. And we read about this problem in Revelation chapter 2. So open your Bibles to Revelation chapter 2. People were all the time claiming to be apostles. And the reason they claim to be apostles, you're going to see this in tomorrow's home group, guys. Apostles are geographical. They're territorial. They are relational. Apostles have a lot of authority, and they usually control regions. They affect regions. So people with impure motives wanted to be apostles because they felt it would give them leverage over territories or over groups of people. So people were showing up saying, I'm an apostle of this. I'm an apostle of that. And... The city of Ephesus had the biggest church in the first century and they were being inundated with people showing up claiming that they were apostles. You know why they were all showing up in Ephesus? Because Ephesus was the biggest church in all of Asia. Ephesus was called as a city, the light of Asia. And the roads from Ephesus went into all of Asia. And whatever happened in Ephesus, it went to all of Asia. So people would show up in Ephesus trying to test out their claims because if they could pass the test in Ephesus, if they could make a name in Ephesus, the door would be opened for them to go on those roads to the whole of Asia. So everybody wanted to really make it big in Asia. It's like actors and actresses that want to really score big in New York City. If you can do it in New York, then you can do it anywhere. Well, all these people showed up in Ephesus, many of them saying, I'm an apostle. And so many people were showing up claiming to be apostles that the church in Ephesus had to do something to test them. And you know what's really interesting? The Bible never contests in Revelation chapter 2 that there can be many apostles. But it tells us they were very serious about anybody who claimed to be an apostle. You know why? Because they understood this term. They understood the seriousness of it. This was not a term just to throw around. And that's why when you come to Revelation chapter 2, verse 2, it says, I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast what? Tried that's- them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars. Well, right in the middle of this verse, it says, you have tried them which say, they are apostles, the word say, the Greek word legantes, a better translation would be those who allege, those who assert themselves, those who profess to be apostles. You have tried them. (laughs) That word tried, it's actually quite a scary word. It's a form of the Greek word perazo, which means to intensely test and to put through the fire. And in fact, it was the same word used to describe the purification and the testing of metal. They always tested metal. You don't want to build with metal that has a hidden defect because eventually the defect will show up and the building will collapse. So before they would use metal, they would test it. Well, how would you test the metal? They would put it into fire. And the fire would bring the impurities to the top That's not enough for the test. They'd put it into a second blazing fire. It'd bring more impurities to the top. That was good. But for a real test, that was not enough. They'd put it back into the third test. And the third time, the impurities would come to the top. And after the third blazing test, they would feel that the fire had finally exposed whether this metal was good or whether it was defective. And by the way, that is where we get the phrase, would you please stop putting me through the third degree? That's where it comes from. Well, the leaders in Ephesus were so respectful of this word apostle that when someone showed up in town and said, I'm an apostle, the leaders of the church must have said, oh, Here we go again, (laughs) another apostle. So many people claiming to be apostles. So to deal with it, look what Jesus says in this verse. Thou canst not bear them which say they are apostles. The word bear, the Greek word bastazo. It means you refuse to take responsibility for them. They understood that they were not going to lay hands on anybody. They were not going to endorse anybody, support anybody or put their weight behind anybody that they had not first tested. So when someone showed up and said, I'm an apostle, it appears that in the church of Ephesus they were so serious about this term, they had kind of a high tribunal. They sat down with that person. And guess what? They asked them questions. They dove deep. They delved into their character. They put them through one degree of fire, through a second degree of fire through a third degree of fire. And I'm sure those who were being tested felt like they were being put through the third degree. And Jesus says, thou hast found them liars. The word found, the Greek word, heurisco, it describes the results of a scholarly investigation. They really put their mind to this. They put their mind to this. You found them liars. The word liars, the Greek word, saudes, it really means bogus, bogus. Now, it does not mean that they were insincere. It doesn't even mean that they were trying to be bogus. Maybe they misunderstood what it meant to be an apostle. Like a lot of people today, I really believe most people today who claim to be an apostle are very sincere. But most of them are bogus. They're good teachers. They really do have revelation. That does not make you an apostle. I'm not discrediting them. But I'm telling you, we need to be careful about the use of this word, apostle. Any comments?
1: If any church had the right to test whether someone was an apostle or not, it would have been the church in Ephesus, because they had Paul, they had Timothy, and they had John. And even while John was alive, and even though he was the apostle or the person responsible for the church there, a witness of Jesus Christ, there were still people showing up saying, I'm an apostle. And this would have been a time without the written Bible. This would have been a time when people didn't have the written text that we have to see whether whether something someone was saying actually lined up with the rest of the doctrine. That's right. So they had to have tests in place or doctrinal tests in place to say, wait a minute, that doesn't line up with what this one said, and that doesn't line up with what this one said. So they had to put a lot of effort into testing these apostles because... If they claim to be apostles, it means they claim to have revelation. If they claim to have revelation, it means they had, people had to believe or do what they said the apostle said. You know, sometimes people, general, general people,
0: are sincerely think that they shouldn't question anybody. I question a lot of people. I, I question what I hear. Doesn't mean that I'm being skeptical. I'm not. God gave me a brain. He expects me to think. He expects you to think. He expects you to think. Keep your brain in your head. You think about what you're hearing. And the church in Ephesus, like Paul said, they sat down to ask questions. Their word found, the Greek word, a scholarly research. They really put their mind to it to find out whether individuals were or were not apostles. But I have to say again, they did not doubt that people could be apostles. Mm-hmm. They didn't doubt it. They just wanted to make sure if somebody said they were, that they really were. And by the way, That's why I'm teaching this whole series. So we'll understand who is and who isn't an apostle. Apostolic ministry, you need to order yours. Comes with a study guide and we want you to get the book called Chosen by God. But when we come back tomorrow night, we're going to find out why false apostles wanted to claim to be apostles. Why were they after this? Why would anybody today claim to be an apostle if they're not? Why would they do that? You're going to find out tomorrow night. It's going to be good. But until then, go to bed and sleep good. Have a great day tomorrow. And the renter Home Group is going to wait for you tomorrow night. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.